you will not find me with a robe behind a pulpit on the way you know the world should work we're going to start with health insurance markets um today uh because last night last night we have huge health insurance developments so you may have heard about a spending bill that an agreement that has occurred in the Senate to try to get passed. And apparently the president has signed off on it. <clears throat> there are lots of steps here, none of which I'm interested in. Candidly, <laughs> maybe I should be. I'm going to spend, I can tell you, this amount of minutes watching uh, you know, debates about this or watching the crossfire around it. I, what is in here is important. So in addition to... ESG, and I'm going to gloss over that. I'm also going to gloss over uh, the, you know, the fact that there's going to be a corporate tax, which is, seems to be 15% minimum. So what had happened in the past, Senator Manchin basically, you know, scuttled, as you can read it here on the CNN page. I will include the, you know, I'll include the URL up here in, you know, the URL is in the comments now. Uh, there it is. So anyway, the Build Back Better bill was basically ended, right? We couldn't afford it. And that's what happened. Inside there, inside there were two things, which were Medicare's direct negotiation for prescription drug. And the second one which didn't get as much news, but just recently over the past month, you can see it on Jay's Corner. You can see it on the YouTube channel, on Jay's Corner, the YouTube channel, that I've been mentioning the fact that the health insurance subsidies would have ended as a result of the ARPA ending, which is the American Rescue Plan Act, which was the response to COVID. Build Back Better would have made that permanent. The compromise here is to extend, is to extend for three years. So again, two very important developments here. This, the Medicare drug negotiations seems to be resolved, meaning that Medicare would be able to negotiate prescription drug costs on its behalf in addition to that, the pre-65, the health insurance you buy on the exchange, that the APTC, which is a tax credit, looks to be extended for the next three years. So, you know, there's lots of wood to chop between now and the final passage. There is a solution and a compromise seems to be in the works. Now, let's just talk about execution and practical reality, right? I don't spend lots of time pontificating or speculating about, you know, what could or how the world should or this, that, and the other. That is a different channel. You will not find me with a robe behind a pulpit on the way, you know, the world should work. I'd much rather focus in on how it does work and then how to deal with it best, given your situation, given your financial or whatever personal circumstance. That to me is valuable. Adjudicating what is fair is just not not productive for me. Anyway, maybe it's just me.
This one here I find difficult, difficult to enact for 2023. Now I can be wrong here, admittedly. All right. So this is this is a small bit of speculation. The point being that the Part D, which is the standalone prescription plans, as well as the Medicare Advantage plans, the price and the structure proposals are already pushed to the government. They've already been sent down the river to the government, who is now, you, you know, and to be candid with you, they've already sitting and waiting for final approval. The reason I know that is because people like me, representatives that represent all the Medicare Advantage plans and Part D plans, we've seen kind of like the 5,000 foot view of what's coming up, especially in Medicare Advantage. So the idea that you're going to be able to go all the way back and rejigger all the details doesn't seem likely to me. It just doesn't seem practical to put those nuts and bolts into place. Now, could I be wrong? Maybe it was that the CMS directed the Part D and Medicare Advantage carriers to come up with two sets of proposals, but I did not hear that. That said, I'm not sitting there in the day-to-day -day conversations between the CMS and the carriers. This one, however, which is the, the health insurance subsidy extension, that can easily be bolted on and the light switch to be flipped on because that's just a separate calculation matter. Now, I'm this... The federal, which is healthcare.gov, right? So remember, if you want to get these subsidies, if you want to get these subsidies, you must use healthcare.gov. You must use healthcare.gov or state-specific exchange. You need to use one of these two in order to be able to access the lower health insurance premiums and also possibly lower deductible and out-of-pocket maximums. These are very, very valuable. And the reason I've, I've started today is this literally entirely changes the trajectory, the path for retirement planning for persons who are considering retirement meaning that if it's extended for three years, as this says, that means 64, 63, 62. Someone can retire at 62 with the knowledge that their health insurance subsidy and possibly lower health insurance premiums and dramatically lower. I'm not taught, I wouldn't waste everyone's time with, you know, $300 a year. That's not zero. I get it. The difference here is 5,000, 10,000 a person. 10,000 a person is too high. 10,000 a couple, certainly. We've assisted people. 10,000, $15,000 a year lower in health insurance premium alone. That was looking to be cut off 
at the end of this year, now extended for three years. That means if you can work backwards for those persons in your early 60s to, that are considering retirement, this now is a path. It's so important, in fact, when I spoke in Nashville of Wealth Management Institute of Wealth and Investments, right? So where the high end of wealth managers came from a national conference. My entire punchline, I didn't pull a bait and switch because, you know, people say, see me as, you know, published author to maximize your Medicare. And that is true. But the real punchline was overlooking this is hurt, is more expensive than just simply understanding Medicare. Because in financial terms, this number is much, much bigger. Back to the point here, this new development, could they flip the switch for January of 2023? The answer is yes, right in the nick of time. It's like nobody calls me at any time, you know, when I want them to call. They only call when, you know, I've, I've hit broadcasts. <laughs> that's the way it works. That's the way it works. That's that's what I've accepted. Okay. So that's it on health insurance matters. Those are big. I, I can't under I can't overstate how important this is. How important this is, because as many people know, that is for Medicare beneficiaries, prescription drug costs the key concern. The reality is, is that when people go to the hospital and going for inpatient in the hospital for something serious, yes, they're thinking about all of the tests, but that is still secondary. But on an ongoing week to week, month to month basis, they're paying for what it well, $4.50 gas now and 9% inflation. Prescription drug costs dominating the conversation pretty much everywhere. 